Hello. Please input your destination. Searching for route now. Your route is set. You should arrive at your destination in 29 minutes. David Street runs right into North Missouri Avenue. Then it's a right on Jones Street, a left on Park, and you're there. Success Street. This time in Corning, Arizona. Zip code 72422. It's a quiet street off the main drag. It holds a few houses and some warehousing units. Small piles of firewood saved for the winter. It's simple. Non-showy. Dead ends right into a shopping center consisting of a Walmart not much else. This is what success looks like in Corning, Arizona. But success in indie games is completely different. It's not a turn-by-turn navigation of game creation, awards, and money. Very rarely, if ever, is it that. It's hard work, determination, the never-ending desire to do better, to be better. It can also be lonely, frustrating, destroying. After it's all said and done, might not be worth the stress, the time lost, or the abandonment. What does success look like? In 1,000 feet, turn left on overnight success drive. The name Scott Cawthon has become synonymous with the indie gaming community and those who partake. Creator of the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise, Cawthon has seen an overnight success with his jump scare horror games that have now groomed him for film and book adaptations. Oh, the songs, I don't like them. After its first week on the digital platform Deshura, Five Nights at Freddy's held the top selling spot. But of course, FNAF wasn't his first title into the gaming community. Before Five Nights, Cawthon had mild success with a title called Chipper and Sons of Lumber Company, a story of a young beaver being sent out by his father to get busy with the business of planting trees and plans to build lumber bots. Although making it through Steam Greenlight, Chipper was heavily criticized by reviewers, complaining that the characters moved around and interacted like animatronic machines. And I'm glad you agree that this is probably one of the scariest games I have ever played. This sent Cawthon into a depression and was ready to give up game making altogether, but decided to use the criticism to his advantage. There are many people who don't understand the success of FNAF. On paper, the game sounds kind of silly. You are a security guard in a pizza parlor, where in which animatronics that need to walk around the restaurant at night so they can be able to function normally. You sit in a room with two doors and a console that can view 11 different cameras that spread throughout the pizza parlor. Your shift is from midnight to 6 a.m. and you have to last the whole night without being attacked by the animatronics. Ah! Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, I know it doesn't make a lot of sense. And frankly, it doesn't sound fun either. But FNAF continued to gain support into the YouTube sphere with the likes of PewDiePie, Markiplier, and others. Watching Let's Play videos of people jumping out of their seats from the scares is one of the reasons that's catapulted Five Nights to the top of many charts, both PC and mobile. Oh my god! Oh my god! It was going the whole time! 
and the game has a cryptic display of the story of what's going on behind the game. This has created a community of people, theories, and creepypasta that still thrives today. The game around the game is just as big as the game itself. They work in tandem to each other. Each time Scott does anything, write on his blog, make a game jolt comment, it is thrown to the wolves of these communities to be ripped apart and dissected, hoping to unveil some truth to the FNAF story. All of this in just a few short days after its release. Seen as a perfect storm of both great and terrible proportions. But the success that Cawthon has seen from FNAF has set him on a journey that many will never see. Continue straight for one and a half miles for the long haul. The name Phil Fish may also resonate in your mind, and it'll probably come off with negative connotations. Founder of Polychon Corporation and creator of Fez, Fish found mainstay exposure in a documentary entitled Indie Game the Movie. The doc displays the final stages of Fez's development cycle and its long stay in the public eye. One writer, Nathan Grayson of VG247, likened its rocky history to an indie Duke Nukem Forever due to its five-year development. If you follow, if you follow indie games, even remotely, like Fez is probably one of the, the projects that you've been kind of like hearing about for a while. It's been several years in development. Fez will be memorable either for its impending release or for never coming out. It was filled with broken partnerships due to creative differences, running out of funds, even Phil Fish quitting his job due to his employer not giving him time off to attend the Game Developers Conference, a moment he refers to now as when he became indie. Phil Fish himself is known to be outspoken amongst the gaming community. When Fez was finally released April 13th of 2012, five years after its first announcement in 2007 on the independent gaming source, it was met with universal acclaim with a Metacritic score of 91 out of 100 and review scores of 8s and 9s out of 10. And the winner of the IGF Art Award is... Fez. Five years doesn't seem like an abnormally long time for a game to be developed and released. Hell, most AAA titles take just as long, but those games typically aren't even announced to be in development until about year four. Having Fez out on the table back in 2007, being in a phase that feels fairly on its way to being completed soon, brought gamers to their social media outlets wondering why the game was taking so long to be released. The spotlight was on Philfish for five years. All the ups and downs were out in the open for the public to see. Those five years seemed like forever with that much exposure. It truly was a long haul to get Fez to players. The negative comes from the possibility of Philfish working on a sequel to Fez back in June of 2013. But Fish canceled the project no more than a month later following a Twitter argument between himself and a video game journalist, Marcus Beer. 
with a final tweet from Politron's account announcing the cancellation of Fez 2. Philfish also tweeted one last time that he was officially exiting the indie game community, stating, I f***ing hate this industry. Fez 2 is cancelled. Goodbye. I don't know, to me games are like the ultimate art form. It's just the ultimate medium. I mean, it's the sum total of every expressive medium of all times made interactive. Like, how is that not... It's awesome. I want to be part of it. I want to have a say in uh, what becomes of video games. Turn right for feelings. There's a very real truth. The video games don't have to be fun. Not fun in the sense that we first learned the word. It doesn't always have to be smiles and laughter during your video adventure. Sometimes a game can make you feel something you don't normally feel on a regular basis. Like sadness. A type of sadness that you never thought you were capable of feeling before. And especially not from the likes of a video game. A type of sadness that stays with you, eats at you, makes you want to talk about it with others. That type of sadness is rare. Being able to express this type of emotion for the sole reason just to get it out of yourself, to allow others to experience that same feeling, can be cause for success. Perhaps a story about your son and his battle with cancer. Huh. The sunset looks pretty from here. The orange glow cast on the wall, better than the muted colors of this hospital. I wonder why they choose blues and greens. <laughs> they, the ones who choose the colors that heal. Green for life. Blue. <laughs> for comfort. Purple stripes to hide the stains. <sighs> this chair is too small and sticks to my skin. I hate vinyl. Ryan Green experienced something that he thought would be a great video game. A night that he had with his 12-month-old son, who was dying of terminal cancer. One scene in particular was a night that his son just couldn't fall asleep in the hospital and Ryan was running out of options to comfort him. He won't stop crying. I don't blame him. He feels miserable. I hate that we're here. I hate that he's sick. I just want him to feel better. don't. It is that experience that Green thought, wouldn't this make a great game? His wife didn't agree. But he was an experienced programmer. He had the time off from work to try it. So he did. He created that exact scene. But nothing works. Joel just keeps crying. And it isn't until you've reached your wit's end that you decided to pray. Pray for it all to be over. Pray for Joel to be better, for the cancer to be gone. Pray to be a family again. 
It's not meant to be a race to the finish or a collect-a-thon. That Dragon Cancer allows the player to take in the days from Ryan Green's life with his son Joel using actual conversations and recordings from the family. It's a chance to find meaning in something that is otherwise considered a time waste. It makes you ask the questions of, why are we here? What kind of God would allow such suffering? And how do we live with the knowledge that one day, everyone that we have met and loved will die? Invoking those kinds of conversations is enough to be successful. Please make the next legal U-turn. When Mike Bithell started working on Thomas Was Alone, he imagined three possible tiers of success. At the low end of the spectrum, he hoped the game would earn enough money so he could buy an iPad, because he's wanted one for a while. If the game sold better than that, he would take his girlfriend on a vacation to Disney World. The last would be a year's salary. I might actually be able to quit my day job and spend a year making any game I want, he says. Success comes in all shapes and sizes, and how you define success will ultimately define your path in indie gaming. But these connections can be made to things outside of video games as well. If you want to make enough money to create the next title, taking the time to discuss and define what that level of success looks like will give you a real-life example of what is required. Anything over that is golden. If you're looking to quit your day job and pursue a career of indie development, you need to take into question more than just yourself. Indie development is far more than somebody sitting at a computer creating games. It's a lifeline of your family, your friends, and ultimately your sanity. Or success could be something as simple as telling a story for others to experience and enjoy. Keep in mind that not all success is created equal. There are far more people working a 40 hours a week job and creating games on nights and weekends than doing it full time. No distinction between the two can determine the quality of the game itself. And remember to have fun. Because why would we go through all of this hard work and stress if it wasn't fun? I am Eric M. Hunter, and this has been The Time for Indie Games Is Now. For all of the links to articles and games I've spoken about in this episode, check out my website, ericmhunter.net. And if you like what you've heard, please subscribe. <laughs>